We are dropping a very special Friday episode. In case you haven't noticed, we've been very consistent on Tuesdays. So if you have noticed, thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't, like you should probably subscribe so you know every Tuesday you'll get a fresh episode. But today is Friday, and we're bringing you something special. Um, we're bringing on one of the best coaches in the game. His name is Ian Hosick. And my name is Rich Ryan. This is the Reinforced Running Podcast. And so with everything going on, with COVID-19, the coronavirus causing a lot of uncertainty across the board um, for literally everything, uh, which includes a lot of races and big events that you may have been preparing for. And if you are an endurance athlete, chances are that you've already had some sort of event canceled or compromised. And I'm guessing if you haven't, you probably will. So trying to navigate from this point for the rest of the season is a bit strange with these circumstances and it's new to all of us. So I wanted to chat with a trusted coach and that coach is Ian. So in the episode, we talk about race plan logistics and how to adjust things accordingly to keep your goals, how to maintain focus and reduce doubt in these unforeseen type of moments. And most importantly, we do talk about how to train your mind and how to perform well under any circumstances. And if you can do that appropriately, it doesn't really matter what's going on externally. And really, uh, we talk a lot about how you as an individual can hone in your your personal mindset. So it, it's extremely valuable. I really enjoyed this episode. A uh, ton of great takeaways. And you know, I'm not really just saying it. I, I'm not just saying it. Um, so, but you can hear for yourself, so you, you can, you can figure it out. Uh, we recorded this at 11 a.m. Eastern on Friday, March 13th. I have no idea how things are going to change as no one does, um, but I'm sure they will change. So anything we say here, uh, could be completely wrong by the time it hits your ears, but here is Ian Hosick. Ian Hosick. Thanks for joining me today, man. What's going on? Oh, you know, just traveling during COVID-19 virus outbreak. It's pretty great. You said it was the perfect time. This is the best travel experience you've had? It was so easy. There are no TSA lines. Everyone's super freaked out, so they're not touching your stuff or touching you. There's a lot of hand washing happening in the bathroom. A lot of gloves happening and face masks. I saw some guy had really cool black gloves, and then they had, like, black face masks with pirate skull and crossbones on it. You think you know, that was custom, or you think they bought it that way? You think they? I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, Stacey's is naked. You're gonna come show everyone your stuff on camera, Stace? No, I don't think so. She's not gonna show you guys. We just record audio anyway. Tell her it's fine. That's all right. Um, they just do audio anyways. Apparently. Okay. Well, I don't believe them. <laughs> um. Well, cool, man. So, last time you popped on the episode. We just kind of got into it. We talked a lot about, I think, training for the mountains. That was like your main thing, you know, m- mountain series champ and all. But uh, since then, I started to start the podcast with just some random questions. I have not received feedback if people like it or not, but do it. we're doing it anyway. I like so, random questions. Ian, now that you're traveling a bit, I mean, I don't think you're in this type of area where you're traveling, but what is your favorite chain restaurant? in and out in and out straight up. And it actually is in my area. I love in and out It's so good. You got to get the animal style. I usually get a double, double animal style. And apparently we got to go in and out because we're in San Luis Obispo now. Is that part? Is that like, it's nearby. It's It's in, it's it's in California. 
Um, it's kind of West Coast based. You guys don't have it on the East Coast. So we definitely don't. Words. And I have gone. We made a point after Big Bear last year, after I got dominated on that ridiculous course, I, we, I just went to, to In-N-Out right away and got some got a double-double and felt yeah. way better afterward. Yeah. I, it's actually the only fast food chain I eat, if you can call it fast food. But yeah, I don't eat anything else. If I eat McDonald's, I actually am sick for four hours. Worse than COVID. That's that's uh, McDonald's style. It's only four hours. I feel really bad, but I mean that could be their new slogan: McDonald's. We're worse than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the I would consider In and Out fast food. Like I thought it was more like a Five Guys or like an um a uh what's the other oh, Shake Shack. But yeah. it, it's more like a McDonald's, just like a way better version of like a Burger King or McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, it's still, you're getting your food quick. I think the ingredients are a lot better and they spend a little extra time making stuff. Like they actually cut all the potatoes in front of you. They have a giant like cutting thing mm. and they do that right there. So it's totally worth the trip. I have a tough time justifying when I go West Coast because there's so much good food West Coast that I'm like, do I do I spend a meal here yeah. and now? But it's worth it's worth just trying. I mean, there's I mean, I'll we're gonna eat all over the place because got boxes to check off. Like we're gonna go get uh, clam chowder bowls at the beach. Mm. We're gonna go get tri tip at this local food joint, like barbecue place we went to. I'm going to try and go to some breweries, but I don't even know if they exist anymore. We went to school here 10 years ago, so that's a long time. Has it changed quite a bit? Like with that stuff, there's probably a ton more breweries and things like that. That stuff's exploded. We drove through it last night. We didn't, we haven't seen much, but looking around, things were not the same. Mm. Well, that will be totally fun to explore. Um, so next question, what is the best game to play during game night? Oh my gosh, there's so many games. So my personal favorite is this game called Sheriff of Nottingham, and you lie to each other. My wife hates it. Uh, I also am a big fan of Settlers of Catan and Scrabble, Mm -hmm. Ticket to Ride. But my go-to is Sheriff of Nottingham, and you lie about what's in your little satchel, and then you put the goods to market, and then you get things and money because of it. Oh, so it's not necessarily like a, a mafia type style where there is one person who is in the mafia, like two people who are in the mafia, and then there's like a detective. It's more of it's a- Well, it's kind of like that. There, So you rotate. There's one sheriff, and then there's these everyone else's merchants, and you rotate who's the sheriff every turn. But everyone is still merchants, and you're trying to get your goods to market, and you can bribe the sheriff, and you can bribe the sheriff to like fuck over other people. Um, you can like lie to the sheriff about what's in your bag. And if he's wrong and looks into it, he has to pay you. But if you're, you're lying, it's like adult BS with like bread and cheese. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds awesome. Those games are so much fun, especially when there is like lying involved. It gets really intense and like oh, you really kind of get to know people that way too. You're like, yeah. I thought like the way that they can really kind of sell it. Um, Follow-up question uh, along the same lines. Why is Magic the Gathering cool? Dude, there's monsters and there's like big sky dragons and there's elves and you like battle each other and you like use wizardry. I've been playing for years and then turns out it's actually big in like the OCR community 
or at least my random friend group. <laughs> yeah, the couple of friends we that you have. Yeah. And- <laughs> I shouldn't say big in the OCR community. I <laughs> yeah, Hunter, myself, Dylan Maraglia, Matt Kempson. Um, That's enough. It's a Michael, small. It's a small group of people. Six of us or whatever. Yeah, OCR so, community is not that big. It's so cool. You got it's a it's an expensive hobby, and I don't buy cards anymore because like it can go expensive really fast. But you got dragons, you got elves, you got like wizard spells. And you got like people come back from the dead with like riding dragons. It's way cool. It's so mostly your, for the imagery. Is oh okay, that, that makes sense. It, well, it, but it is also a strategy game too, right? And very can, much so. Can you buy? So you can buy a good hand essentially. Like if you have cards that like say Hunter doesn't have, does he yeah. know that you have these cards because you bought them? Like you've had them last it's, time. Essentially, you. I mean, you you build your own deck, but you can buy pre-made decks, and then you can also uh but like buy specific cards to build your own deck and you can spend a lot of money to have like a very good deck okay that's that sound that sounds cool you you sort of sold me on it i i doubt i did i'm not <laughs> the greatest salesman when it comes to magic diving i really like it it's but there's dragons there's dragons and elves and that's 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 cool that's cool. yeah and you can make the like elves ride the dragons or like spiders catch the dragons or dragons eat spiders and it's great because this was something that was popular when I was like in sixth or seventh grade, you know. <laughs> so oh, yeah. this is there is some legs to this. So there has to be something there. I mean, it's a fun game. It's a good pastime. Hunter and I and like Matt and we'll like we'll uh, Skype or like FaceTime or something and play over the internet. If you really want to know how nerdy it gets, that's that's pretty nerdy. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite OCR venue? Oh, I don't even know. There's a lot of them. I like. I like things with mountains. Mountains? Usually. I mean, you did well in Tahoe. I like actually, Tahoe? I, Tahoe has a love-hate relationship. I mean, I, I enjoy it, but I don't like the swim, even though oh. it, like, makes, it ruins everyone's race. I just don't like, I mean, whatever. Um, Big Bear is pretty fun. I really love the Montana venue. Honestly, mm. even though like I'm a local boy and grew up there, I still just love going around and playing in the mountains especially in those hills and just super rugged terrain all the underbrush that makes sense and hopefully it gets a chance to be featured this year um with the national series um which which we'll get to but um what was what is the your favorite item that you've bought this year thing i bought this year i don't know what i bought this year what have i bought this year which skis oh yeah i bought some new skate skis for cross nice. country skiing, those are awesome. You've yeah. been putting in some work. It looks like was your winter typical? Is that just how cold it gets by you, or is it? Oh like, yeah, it that's way normal. Like we get, we usually get like a string of really negative temperatures, like negative twenty Fahrenheit, um, and but it doesn't stay. But normally we're below freezing for the entire winter. So when the snow comes, it stays. Do you do you consistently oh, yeah. get precipitation, or does it just come down once and just kind of stay for a long time? Uh, no, we consistently get precipitation. I mean, each year is different. Um, last year we got a big dump and then it just stayed for a while. This year we've been getting more steady dumps. Um, and then I think we're even supposed to get like seven inches tomorrow. Oh, nice. So it's still going. It's still going, but I'm over it. It's now mud season and that is my least favorite season because you can't run on trails. Yeah. It's yeah. It's gross. And last question, what is the best piece of race advice that you've ever received or something that you kind of live by going into races? 
come up with a game plan for the race and then execute that game plan during the race. Um, mm. So figure out what you're going to do, really focus on it, meditate, and then make it happen during the race. And I believe that you had a post after Jacksonville that uh, about execution, right? Wasn't that kind of the theme after your race? Yeah. I didn't... Yeah, I did not have a good race in Jacksonville. I kind of just, I ran scared and I ran conservative. I finished the race and was like, well, I could run, feel like I could do that four more Let's times. Do it again, yeah. Yeah, um, which is not how you want to finish a three, three and a half mile race. Um, so that was frustrating. And I, I had, I had a game plan that said work hard and I didn't do that. So yeah, that would be one of the issues there. And I related to that very much as well. Like I had probably the most detailed game plan going into an event I've ever had. And then I, I just didn't do it. <laughs> like I executed it for maybe a third and then um, I, ju- I just didn't. And then it just screwed me. So I was like, okay, yeah. it just comes down to execution on things. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can have a great plan, but you got to follow the damn thing. Right. And that's, that's <laughs> the whole thing. Like when you're under stress, and they're like physical stress and trying to hold it together on the mental side, it adds a whole different element. You can write that shit down on paper and think oh, yeah. about it over and over. But then when that physical stress is introduced, it's a whole, whole different yeah. world. So, yeah. And there's a lot of things that you can do to help like bring out the plan during a race. I just didn't do it. Um, yeah. Well, that's a good, that is a good piece of advice. Cause I think a lot of people just st- step to the line and be like, all right, well, here we go. Let's, yeah. let's see how, let's see how it's going. Exactly. Um, well, cool, man. So you made it through and this is your second time on the pod. Thanks for joining for a second time. So the first Absolutely. one was very popular. People like, people like you, oh, um, cool. but just neato. if people aren't quite familiar with who you are, just give people a couple sentences about you know who you are as a coach and athlete. Yeah. So my name is Ian Hosek. I grew up in Montana. Um, I am a professional obstacle course racer slash semi-pro and then professional endurance coach. Um, Hosek PE is my coaching business and I'm the founder. And then I have a few coaches I've hired that work under me within the umbrella organization as well. Um, And we focus on pretty much all endurance or endurance aspects. So anything pretty much a 5k or above, or you could even get more specific like a mile or above or anything that's longer than that um, is really where our specialty lies. Uh, a lot of people know me in the obstacle course racing world. However, I am a running coach, so I don't do obstacle course race training specifically. Um, and I, let's see, I have a background in engineering and then I worked at Nike for a number of years. My wife is a biomechanist, kind of just been sucking knowledge out of people for a very long time. Um and then decided one day to start my own coaching business because I was smarter than most of the other like high level coaches I was talking to, even at Nike. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you are very smart. You you have been delivering some really cool content with the Mad Wizard, which I would love to talk about maybe toward, toward the end. Just kind of the whole idea behind that. Um, but but like you said, so you do have a lot of good content there, and you know what you're talking about, and you've taken a lot of information and you have a great background as far as the nuts and bolts of things, but you are an actual coach as well, a coach of people. And with that comes strategy and planning, like we talked about before. And we're in this position right now that is unprecedented with the coronavirus and and, and COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. And there's a lot of races that are getting canceled and presumably more are going to be. 
and we need to figure out some ways to kind of keep things moving. So I, I would love to kind of get your idea behind behind your own personal account here, and then we'll talk about how other people can really implement different strategies into their plan that is now going to change. So you just had a race that was canceled this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I'm, so how- I'm actually in San Luis Obispo where the race was supposed to happen. Still having a California vacation. I <laughs> can't, can't stop it. This trip was happening. Yeah. Um, so like, how were you feeling when you started to understand that this might actually get canceled and that, you know, Seattle's not looking awesome and even races through April and maybe even the May might get canceled. So how were you personally feeling when you started to realize like this might actually happen? Yeah. So this is actually a pretty interesting scenario and I'm going to be, and going to be having a call later today with my, with my personal um, brain coach. And after Jacksonville, I wanted to get my stuff sorted. So I really started working with him and we came up with some great ideas on how to stay focused and come into this race, San Luis Obispo, as a training race for my race plan, execution, making sure my head was in the right place, um, really wanting to dial things in and use it as a jumping mat for possibly Seattle. Um, And I didn't actually ever focus on if it was going to be canceled or not until it was canceled. Mm. Um, I stayed focused that entire time. And that's something you really want to be able to do is keep that mindset, because if it does happen and the race goes on, you don't want to have that softness or that, uh, that like doubt in your mind going into the race. So if it hasn't been canceled yet, which Seattle is still not canceled yet, um, keep that drive going and keep that mindset and that sharpness. So you don't have that lax or that doubt or any of those negative feelings that is really going to play into your race effort. Um, go ahead. In your case specifically, what were some things that you did to combat that? Like if like did you was there was it just completely shutting out doubt and that softness, or were there times where things would creep in and you would have to literally push it, push it back? To be honest, I didn't think this race was gonna be canceled at all. I mean, it's in central California, it's not a hot spot. Yes, people are traveling through larger airports, but f- from what I've seen in California, the SFO and um or San Fran and LA were really the main areas that are being hit. And that's where you're seeing things get shut down. I wasn't expecting the central coast to have an event shut down. So when it happened, what was that yesterday, two days ago? I don't know. Um, That was a surprise to me, but I just took it. And right now I'm still, we'll touch on this in a second, but really keeping that mindset um, and not, like there's a couple of choices you can make as an athlete uh, when that gets presented to you. And I'm sure you're going to ask a question about that in a few minutes, but leading into it, um, I just wanted to stay sharp and dial in those, that game plan I had and then move forward from there. Got it. So you sounds like you just were convinced that you were going to race. So it was easy. Like you yeah. just, yeah. there was nothing, there was only one option. It's like this race yeah. is happening. Yeah. What could you, could you kind of quantify what that softness or doubt would mean like what would be an example of somebody who may have had this race coming up and then when they hear this other races maybe in their area were getting canceled and then like what kind of things would kind of creep in and and this is for this is helpful for people that are going to be racing you know city field potentially charlotte seattle um what are what are examples of that doubt 
So, I mean, it's mostly just taking away energy and that mental focus from your game plan and putting it somewhere else, like in the sphere of the race. So you're thinking, oh, the race is going to be... And obviously, so there is like an asterisk in this. If you need to cancel travel plans and adjust things like that to save money, definitely take some mental energy to go focus on that. (laughs) If it's canceled, save yourself like the $500 plane ticket, whatever. But as far as having that doubt, if you find yourself doing that, just go back to what your race plan is and focus on that and work through that repeatedly. Um, Meditate on your race plan as opposed to meditating on what's going to happen if the race doesn't happen. So you can control only the things in your life that you can control. Mm -hmm. You you can't control if the race is going to happen and worrying and stressing about that isn't going to be positive for that. If it does get canceled, you can adapt and go from there. But leading into it, focus on your race plan and just keep moving forward along those lines. Um, Visualize obstacles, visualize when you're going to attack, all the things that go into that. Keep with that. And yes, there will be time. I mean, no one's perfect. You're going to have doubts come in. But realizing those and then accepting that they're doubts and they're not providing any productive uh, insight or positive moving forward, let them go and then go back to what you know is going to actually aid you when the race comes along. And that seems almost like a way to just reserve the resources that you have. If you start to divert them into doubt or, or wonder about what's going to happen, as opposed to staying focused on things like you can only, you can't replace that once it's, once it's gone, like you've already spent it worrying about different things. Um, so that makes sense to me. And what have you felt has been like the general consensus from different athletes that you know, or the people that you've coached? Like how are people adapting to this? So there's there's the portion leading into the race. And that's kind of a lot of un, like the biggest thing is the unknown there and not being sure if it's going to happen about or not. And that is where you'll get these problems arising just because uncertainty breeds fear and free fear beads breeds insecurity and then insecurity beads breeds bad performances. Mm. Um, so really just like dialing it in and focusing on what you can control. Um, and if that's, if you think the race is going to be canceled and you're, and you just fall apart, then you might want to just cancel your trip trip or your travel plans. Um, but, uh, really dial it in. And then, I think the biggest thing is what happens once the race is actually canceled um, and how you react going from there. I've seen count, like I have tons of athletes all over the world being impacted. I have athletes who are going to do the middle East championship, which got canceled. Mm. Um, I have one guy who works in the military in a country and his entire country is now shut down and it's only military and government officials who are allowed out. So he can't do any training um, and he's basically 24-7 working for that. Um, and you see it in the U.S. now, like San Luis Obispo race is canceled. Uh, Seattle, don't let this feed into your doubt, everyone, but Seattle is most likely going to be canceled. This is my personal opinion. Being on Spartan Pro Team, I have to say that is my personal opinion and not any actual verbiage coming from it's speculation and it's fair you know like it's not that far away so yeah um, my sister-in-law lives in seattle it is not it's not doing great right now right they're close schools and everything that they're they're taking it pretty seriously there yeah it's not going to get like immediately better 
um, and the March 31st deadline is most likely going to get extended. However, this is not the official opinion of Spartan. It is We're my just personal talking. opinion. We're just We're talking. I just need to make that clear. <laughs> um, but that is something you should be thinking about. So when these situations happen and the races are canceled, there are two options for you um, in terms of like personal drive and moving forward and making it a productive thing for your training. Um, you can either just become a slug and very apathetic and become couch potato, super unmotivated. This can often happen after big races as well. Um, it's kind of post-race depression. Uh, you lose motivation because that thing you were really looking for and training hard for is not there anymore. Mm. Um, you kind of are lost and without purpose. Obviously, this is really not good for your mental state or training state or physical state. Any of those things like, are going to take a hit if you choose that route of depression and i'm not saying it's it it is kind of a choice but sometimes like there are a lot of factors that go into it and it's not depression is not a choice obviously but um taking the initiative to not be that not put yourself in that scenario is very important that makes a lot of sense especially i can speak for myself on this one because you know, thinking about that and what could potentially happen, like I just have a 5K as, what, next week that got canceled. I'm looking at City Field and like that could potentially be canceled as well. And before I found this out, my motivation was sky high and it wasn't hard to do the things that like are the discipline of my day-to-day. It wasn't hard to do those things. But since this, like you said, this doubt or softness has crept in, it makes it much more, the temptation to do the easier things that I've been trying so hard to not do, um, seem much more viable so Mm -hmm. it it feels like a lot harder it feels like way more work so aside from just being mindful like how would you help somebody or tell somebody to like keep their shit together (laughs) like just you you, like you phrase that so perfectly because i this is something i've been working on with my coach and i can now pass along to all you guys this is great he's really smart i can tell you that (laughs) he's really smart but um when you recognize that that decision is happening or that your subconscious is taking you to a place you don't want to be, choose the path you want to go down. So if your subconscious is saying, hey, we're going to go do this easy thing, choose the path you want to go down that is going to be productive towards your goals, as well as if you recognize you're taking the easy or soft choice, choose the hard choice that is going to be best for you. I mean, my current mantra is fuck it, let's go. And every time I say that in that choice and that choice is in front of me, I need to choose the hard, uncomfortable choice. And it's worked. Like I just said that and I get goosebumps every time <laughs> I say that because I've been driving that in and that repetition is bringing out that mental state of choosing the hard thing. Um, I, I can't think of an example the other day oh even something as simple as like oh the dishes need to be like washed in the sink i didn't want to do that at all (laughs) and the race had been canceled and i was fairly apathetic and i just i said that mantra to myself i was like fuck it let's go and i just went and did the dishes it's as simple as that make the hard choice even with those like tiny mantras and they stack over and over and over to where you say that and you get into this mindset and you can choose the hard thing very easily and having that kind of mantra or that reminder is definitely important. And and I have really kind of 
started doing something similar in my own practice and I call it like an, an easy crutch. Like, am I doing this because it makes sense or is it because of the easy crutch? Like an example I would use would is like headphones for running, you know, mm-hmm. like this would, does this make it easier or does this help? And usually it's, it makes it easier. It, may, it takes your focus away from that immediate thing that you can be doing. And that's like my, one of my like triggers as well. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, no easy crutch here. Let's push yeah. forward. Um, but I like yours. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go. It's a little bit more positive because it's more like <laughs> driving you forward as for me yeah. where I'm like, no to something that's a little bit more negative. So maybe I'll change it. I'll say, well, fuck the, fuck the easy crutch. <laughs> it, it's whatever it, it's honestly, whatever works for you and what gets you excited or like, it's very personal. Like some people, it might be pushing against pushing against that negative thing like your crutch pushing it away for me i'm Mm. a very like excitable adhd person i need something that's gonna jazz me up like every time i say it i get super riled up um and want to just go do it so it's very individual and feel free to like play around with them find which one is going to fit you best for that moment and they can adapt over time um it just doesn't have to be that one exact thing. Yes, it's easier to help repeat it, but it can shift in like different variances and things like that. Um, It's more just getting in that mental mindset and then repeating it and utilizing it in all these small things that add to when you need it most, like come race day or come these situations that are really difficult to push through. You can tap into that and move forward from there. It's almost like practice, right? It's exactly you're practicing taking the hard route. And then when it's time, you don't have to just wait until race day and hope mm-hmm. that it's there. Like you, yeah. you're kind of constantly putting this, planting this seed. And and this really kind of relates back to what you said before and, and trying to keep that, like keep that doubt out and being, and having this mantra in the first place is a great, great way to kind of combat that. So you sh- ideally without, if you're planning on getting to that race, if there is no doubt that that race is going to happen in your mind, then you might not have to fight with the easy decision versus hard decision as much. Mm-hmm. So these are definitely definitely intertwined. Yeah, um, and they, they feed into each other to help you get to where you want to be. So from a practical standpoint then with training, right? Because a lot of times in these races, people it, – it, it is a long season, but people still might have some A races that are coming up, say, if they wanted to make a splash in – big bear for the mountain series, or they want to test out how they're going to do in the stadium series, or if they just like the only national series they can get to is Seattle, whatever it is. Um, so there might be some big races for people coming up here. So how should they take these weekends? Say if they were supposed to race this weekend, what should they do? So that's a great question. And there's a couple different answers and it, the answer depends on like what level of importance that race was. So for me coming down to San Luis Obispo, and racing this weekend was going to be a C race. And it was really to work on some key mental things and race plan. Um, I wasn't adjusting my training going in and I was still at full volume. So for me, it's easy to just, the race isn't happening, go back to full volume. Mm. Um, But I can still be practicing those mental things I would have been during the race. So looking at the race map, like I'm going to go bother Steve Hammond to give me the race map just so I can look it over, (laughs) create a game plan, walk through all the steps I would have, um, if there was a race and then kind of go through it and mentally do that exercise to still get the benefits of that. Um, so that applies to everyone. If you have like a C race or a training race that you were, you were looking to get a specific goal out of, um, you can still get that goal in different ways. 
Uh, if it's mental, you can do the mental exercises. If it's physical and you're doing some training and you want to like do an extra stimulus a few weeks out to get, maybe get a better ad- adaptation, you can still apply that in your training. You could go do a simulated race effort um, on your own. Like just because it's a race doesn't mean you don't have to run hard in your own training. You can go out and find, um, if it was a trail race, you might be able to actually go run the exact trail and see what mm. your time would be. Just because the event isn't happening doesn't mean you have to completely shift everything away from it. It is if there's travel involved, obviously. Um, but you can still make the weekend or make that time work for you. And just it's kind of like figuring out what you were trying to get out of it and then putting forward the steps to make that happen, even if it's not in a race setting. Uh, that goes into if it was a big race as well. So if you came into this race and you were fully recovered or tapered, and this goes for Seattle, um, I know a lot of people out there and a lot of my athletes are going to be tapering for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were planning to go into it well recovered kind of as, and do their best. If it doesn't happen, there are options. You can go do your own race effort. Um, you might be able to find a local OCR event, or you can just find a local race, uh, to use that fitness on, um, you're going to be recovered. You have all this good training. There's no need to let it go to waste, especially if it's a target race. Get jazzed about something else. It may not be as easy as getting jazzed about Seattle mud running and like crappy weather and everyone failing obstacles. Great. Um, yeah. But like find a local half marathon, 10K, 5K, uh, OCR race, or get a group of friends who might be in the same scenario. Like a lot of us live in communities and are fairly tight knit in the runners in that community or OCR groups in that community, you can get together and make your own little race. Like you can have a loop, do some obstacles. Uh, like everyone can put sand in a bucket and carry it around. Right. There are options and you can race as hard as you want during those. Like you can still do a full race effort. And actually it's, it's, if it's beneficial, if you have tapered for that race to do a full race effort, um, mm-hmm. the re- like the reason we taper is to get recovered for the race. But also for training and moving, looking beyond that, you want to make sure there's a big stimulus in that recovered period. So you can, you're not just wasting that training essentially. Um, totally. totally. And then, yeah, it makes sense as far a lot of times with the progression of training, like you'll go up and then you'll come down and you'll race. So it still would fit that if you hit that big effort, then you could still kind of recover after that and, and move yeah. things back up. Yeah. Whereas what I would hate for people to do or see people do is, you know, they had like three or four weeks in a row and maybe a week of taper and they would eliminate that taper and then just continue to kind of build. So I feel like that taper is still necessary for training for people to kind of bring it down. Um, even if they might not have a, a race there. And w- what I do like about what you said is having this like physical stimulus because, and even just kind of doing it with your friends and racing as hard as you can, because really we just, it's nice to have the race because we do get some sort of outcome. You know, we get mm-hmm. a time, we get a place, we beat our competition, but really when it boils down to why people do this a lot, it's not really for a place or time. It's more about like exerting themselves and, and, and pushing mm-hmm. themselves as much as possible. So they can still get that benefit with, mm-hmm. with pushing. Um, and with the mental sim, this is that I, that's a great point that I had not thought of is going through like the race, mental simulation and so would you consider that making a plan and then trying to execute a plan or like would it be the whole thing like going to bed at the same time waking up at the same time and just kind of going through the whole process or 
how does that, because a physical sim, it's pretty straightforward. Like my 5K got canceled. I can go out onto any path and run a 5K, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the mental simulation is a little bit different. So how would you uh, kind of guide people to mentally simulate it? Like what things should they be doing? Yeah, it it depends on what you're trying to get out of the mental simulation. Um, If it's specific, if like, if it's actually getting everything prepared. So going to bed on time, making sure you're, nutrition is all packed up and ready to go um waking up if if that's what you're trying to work towards then that's what you should do if it's more along the lines of within the race and executing a race plan like during the race i would do some meditation and visualization of that um you like if you're going into the race you've probably already done this but really having an intense session where you could like get so into it you start sweating or like you get so nervous during the spear throw visualization you poop your pants or something (laughs) obviously shouldn't be nervous during the spear throw because that doesn't help but um really get into it and really think through that process uh so the answer my answer would be figure out what you're trying to get out of that mental simulation and then take the steps in order to help push that forward Mm. And on the physical end, do you have an example? Like, do you like write a workout for somebody or how could somebody go ahead and do this? Like, I know you you could easily get a group of friends together and be like, okay, we're going to run 400 meters and then do a 400 meter bucket carry. Or is there anything, any like go-tos that you have, like a practical standpoint? I I have written race simulations in the past. um, And they, you can do them as close to a Spartan race as you want. Like if you have a playground, you can do like, walls monkey bars that you can do loops out of a playground which is nice and then like sometimes people do that for training even um uh let's see like an example easy one is like i'll just make this up uh 200 meters into monkey bars like you can just do a progressive build two four six eight Mm -hmm. like mile or something like that in the race which is i mean you'll see those distances within races but um, you can do bucket carries, sandbag carries, like farmer carries. It doesn't have to be Spartan obstacles. Yes, Spartan is what we know, but there are a ton of different things you can do. Like you, most people have spear throws in the backyard. You can have like five spear throws in the race. And if you <laughs> miss all five, that's 150 burpees. You're still you doing burpees. Yeah, still do yeah. the burpees. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different options and get, if you're going to go this route, get, have fun, get creative with it. Um, there's no need to hold back. If there's something you've always wanted to do in terms of like an obstacle testing thing, go for it. Um, get your friends involved, but then there also is like, you can find local races, uh, depending on where you are in the country. I don't think Seattle or California are having local yeah. races or like, certain I don't know. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe Texas is still having their race. They don't, they don't care at all. <laughs> They're like, they we're just, doing it. You know, they have guns. Coronavirus is scared of guns. <laughs> they don't, they, like they play by their own rules, man. They're just, yeah, yeah we're racing. Why not? Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's a hot spot either. Um, We'll see. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like they're just trying to have people just stay inside. Um, yeah. But Texas, not there. No, no way. <laughs> um, and a gut reaction that I had was kind of that this whole situation is quote unquote like unfair, right? There, but there's, it's definitely out of a reach. There is no fair or unfair. Like it, it's not a rational feeling. But like you prepare for so long and you train and you have this goal of any race. You know, if it's an A race, you know, High Rocks got canceled. Um, there's a bunch of examples here. 
So when, when someone would have that type of feeling, um, how could you help them reframe this? Because it's not like anything that we've really had before where usually there's some sort of tangible, like if you suck at a race, you have some, some tangible feedback, um, to, to deal with that emotional setback. Mm-hmm. But when something like this, where it is completely out of your control and you have nothing to respond after, like, how would you reframe them from even from something like that? That makes sense. I mean, so it, it's still valuable to feel those feelings and they're going to happen no matter what. I mean, life's unfair. I, I would say the coronavirus is, I mean, it is a virus, so it doesn't really give two shits, but uh, it's an unfair thing. Like the human race is susceptible to it and it's moving through us quite handily. Um, but so notice those feelings you're having, recognize them and then move on. Uh, actually I was coming up with like a tagline for this, but you want to work, you know, you want to workshop it? No, I got, I, I came up oh, you with nailed it. Time. Like, okay. I was like, uh, I'm going on the podcast. I come up with something good. Um, <laughs> but it's like, if you get dog shit, go make pizza. <laughs> that's what I came up with. Like, <laughs> there's the whole lemons and like lemonade thing. And that's like, yeah, if you get a de- dealt a bad hand, you can turn it into a positive. Like that's not necessarily the scenario. If no. you, if you're dealt a bad hand, like wash your hands and then go do something else. Um, this is a great time to, and even if you like people get quarantined in their homes, you can't, you have the option of binge watching all of those Netflix TV shows you've been wanting to do, you can absolutely do that. Or you can work on something you've always wanted to do instead. Like mm-hmm. you've always wanted to learn how to do a one-armed pull-up. There's That's like a thing people want. Maybe you suck at planks and you want to get a 10-minute plank. Um, just make sure you have proper form while doing that. You can hurt yourself <laughs> if you don't. But there, you can take these crappy situations and move them and put them to your own good use. Uh Take the time to think about what you want to focus on and then adapt that into your schedule. So maybe you want to do an example would be catch up on all those Netflix shows. You can also do planks while watching Netflix. I mean, Mm, that's a good thing to do. Yeah, couple it. Um, But also take this free time if you have it. And instead of using it in a negative space, help it with your training. So maybe you have an injury you've been working on. you, You haven't been taking care of it like you need to. Um, if you have questions about those, you can DM me. I am full of injury knowledge. Uh, but put that free time towards getting your training and life in a more positive space. There's enough negativity in the world. I mean, we got crazy politics happening in the U.S. Uh, the coronavirus is all over the place. Like, that's impacting everyone. There's just a lot of negative space. And taking some of that time that you're getting from these negative things and creating positivity out of them can really help shift that mindset that we've been talking about, but also just like tick things off your list that you've had on there for a really long time. And that's something that is going to be valuable in this time where everything kind of sucks is to find something to be grateful for and have like a silver lining with that. Like I think just exercise alone, even though maybe not in a gym as much in the next couple of weeks, but running in general is going to be very positive and very healthy for people. So that is something that people can take away and, and be grateful for. And I love the idea of having like a so like having something to work on with this time. Mm-hmm. And w- would you prescribe like, so say because the season's so freaking long, right? Like our off season does get cut. <laughs> like we have, <laughs> yeah. what are we going to have next year? Uh, a month, <laughs> like a month and I a half. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so would you, 
would you revamp things like to like how much should they re- people start restructuring their plans when it comes to okay now we had this they were going to do SLO and there wasn't going to be a race for another 2 or 3 months would this be a good time to kind of build in some sort of off season type of training or if someone was kind of peaking for a race like Seattle and for the foreseeable future think maybe we get more information and, and things are shut down till July would you prescribe downtime or what would you kind of or would you still be like no focus on the plan as it was for the year and push forward or would there be play space in here to work a little bit of like off season type of stuff it's going to be athlete dependent and situation dependent so everyone's going to be different everyone's going to react differently um they have different goals depending on where their training is at like if they're just starting out they still need time and i would say like if they still need to build into their volume i would say yes we're going to continue on however they're at like a peak volume which you should not be at it's freaking march don't mm-hmm. be at peak volume in march it's not a good idea. Uh, but if they were, for some reason, you could take a step back. But also in that same area, whatever it is, keep that focus. Don't let it fall apart. So if you are going to take a week off or like have a small off season, um, talk about what that off season is going to look like. If it is going to be a full off season and you're going to eat like crap tons of bad food and drink a lot, great. But just make sure you're aware. If it's going to be a small off season where you want to still stay dialed in terms of nutritional habits and like still doing mobility and prehab and rehab and stuff, stay focused in that. Don't let everything fall apart. Um, Just because you don't have like a really concrete, no, I don't want to phrase this, create new goals. That's what it is. So you Mm. have these goals and they might be shifted or they might not exist anymore because the race doesn't exist anymore. Like I had goals going into Seattle this weekend. Um, Come up with new goals. And that can be the race simulations we talked about or finding smaller, different goals that will still stack on each other to get you to where you want to be. That can be as do prehab every time it's on my schedule, something like that. So you still have something you're working towards and you can build on those uh, and not just fall apart. And that's part of the goal setting process, right? Is being flexible. So we, we should have our initial goals, but then to really make them stick, like you can be flexible with them. So that's a good example of that. It's like, okay, now that I can't accomplish my goal at SLO, I need a new one. So being able to yeah. kind of move move and adjust with the goals is, is is a really good idea with that. By the way, the cool and hip kids say slow. Slow? Slow, slow town. I've never even like seen this name. Was this the first time they had the race there? Yeah, it's the first time they've had this race. I would have been back def- if they had this race like previous years. I would have definitely come just because it's such like this is a selling point, but it's it's an amazing place in the world. Um, the people are beautiful. I'm I don't understand it, but they just <laughs> there's like a beauty metric to get into the school. <laughs> um, and uh, just the central coast of California is lovely. Like there's nice running trails all over the place, mountain biking trails, um, really fun local community, a lot of good food. Like it's, if, if you came to visit slow, you should be happy that you're here anyways. <laughs> and they're talking about pushing it back, right? They're not, they haven't canceled they, this. They announced it. I think it's in November. Yeah, it's November. Yeah. So how does that work then? Like, how would you factor this in? Like, are you now going to still make this happen? Um, for example, like, are you doing the mountain series this year? What do you, what are your, I am not doing mountain series. I'm doing us national series 
and the Canadian National Series. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if that happens, if, to if they're f- happening, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but right now, focused like they're happening. Staying, staying focused. I'm, I'm prepared if they're happening. And these races, these races are going to get pushed back. Like these are going to happen, uh, probably a lot. So there's going to be conflicting events at some point, right? Yep. Are you going to that? And I'm assuming that's going to be season dependent on what's going to happen. But how would you kind of navigate someone through that? It's like, oh, okay, slow is slow. Is that mm-hmm. slow, town. slow town? Yeah, you did great. You did great. No, slow town got put on like a week, a week after new jersey super which is or whatever mm-hmm. or a week before let's say let's say that one instead how would you then help people navigate that because that's a new obstacle as well it's like okay my race was here it was planned and now it's in a different place do i still do it like how do you work that out it's definitely going to be their priorities and what they're looking towards um example if they want to do well in the mountain series and they the race got moved like a low priority race if say san luis Obispo was a low priority race and it got moved a week before that new jersey race my recommendation would be don't go do the san luis Obispo race because it's going to inhibit performance for that new jersey race that you actually care about um so it's it's like it like everything it's going to be situate situationally dependent um and working with the athlete to see where their goals and priorities lie and then making something based off that and it may be really difficult to do or impossible like if races get pushed and they now are on the same weekend it's going to take a difficult conversation um especially if the the athlete is passionate about both of the races and this is something that does kind of reoccur in ocr that people have an event in mind and they're just going to do it (laughs) like it doesn't matter like it could be anything it could be following like the honor series and then doing the stadium series and then doing the mountain series and just doing them all so and and then there's going to be an associated cost like a financial cost to this sometimes so how would you help people kind of work out their priorities with this because that is something that i've found to be a struggle with ocr in general is how how to prioritize what race to do there's different ways to do it. I mean, there's obviously pro con lists you can make um, out of that. But usually with athletes, I'll talk to them and just figure out what tickles their fancy. You know, some people might get that little tingling down in their loins when they talk about a race. If that's what is driving you to do that race, that's probably the one I'll lead them towards. Um, and then also if they have like if they came to me and they have this goal, like I want to get first in age group in the mountain series, that is going to be the priority. Mm. Um and that's what they've been striving towards all year. That's what we're going to try and make happen um, or make happen in many instances. But yeah, focusing, finding what drives them and then doing everything in our power, both the athlete and my power to get them to that point. So it really just comes down to the goal setting piece again and just mm-hmm. remaining focused and, and dialed in on, on that goal. Mm-hmm. So this is also something that, kind of want to touch on was the kind of relationship people have with racing and training. And we may find this sometimes with our athletes, but I'm sure it's more widespread across most of OCR that now that people don't have this like goal or target or something like that, Mm -hmm. they might just stop training and their whole reason for being healthy and for being active might be because of a race. Mm -hmm. Um, Where to me, that's not a great relationship with fitness. Right. No, it's not, but it is like, it happens more often than you'd think. Like a lot of people out there, they have these targets. And if those targets suddenly disappear, there's nothing to shoot at. 
So going back to what we touched on earlier is create a new target. Um, and that that is find a new goal. And even if it's like a further out goal, you've already been putting in all this work. Uh, you, you know what it takes to continue doing that. Um, so finding something that excites you and that new goal or target to continue pursuing and uh, training for and then keeping your fitness. Mm. Keeping things kind of moving and progressing forward. And, and if it's not a race, like we said, it could be some sort of sim or some sort of way to push yourself and really trying to figure out why, you know, like, and that seems to be something that is missing when it comes to goals. Like, okay, like really, why are we doing this? What do you like? Why is it? Cause a race it's, it's external, right? It's just mm-hmm. something else, but there's something that you need to kind of tap into to yeah. really kind of drive the training and now might be a good time to really kind of sit down and figure that out um yeah and and one of the things is like we you and i can say this and we've been doing it for a number of years but it's it's actually a hard process figuring out what you want and it takes time um just like everything else it's going to take repetitions it's going to take trial and error it's going to take practice you got to use your muscles if you want them to build and grow and become stronger and this is the same thing so you gotta you you have to start doing it you can't just say, oh, I'm going to create goals and then just push it off. Mm-hmm. Um, sit down, do it. And they may not be happy the first time around. Like you sit down one day and you're like, I'm not excited about any of this stuff. I'm still in a bad headspace. The act of sitting down and trying to do it and like coming up with some bad ideas is still progress. So next time when you sit down, you can look at the list you made and be like, well, those are all crap. I'm going <laughs> to continue looking for other things and like flushing out different ideas. And you definitely have thought about this a lot, right? You mentioned you you have a coach that kind of helps you along this process as well. So what is, if you don't mind speaking to it, like what is like your personal process and goal setting? Like if you don't want to as deep as you want to take that. It's different. Um, and it's usually like, for me, it's finding goals that help me build out of the negative or like the, how do I phrase it? The, the things that are limiting me, finding goals that help break those limits or progress me beyond them. Um, so this year, uh, like some of my goals are have fun at every race. Uh, I have some actual metric based goals, which I normally don't do, but I, I've gotten to the point where I don't put heavy expectations on myself. So that's mm. one of the things is this can be a whole other podcast because yeah. <laughs> we can go down that, but not having large or not having any expectations of yourself and just focusing on the input and then letting the output take care of itself. Um, so for me, it's working with him and myself to find goals that feed into that, um, and still allow me to enjoy races, but get the most out of them. Cool. And that makes sense. But it it can be kind of hard to wrap your head around because there's nothing there, right? It's like, it's oh, not yeah. like it's oh, a, I'm getting. I'm, I want to get top hard. five, and and you just like, did I have fun that race? I got seventh. It's like, is that? Am I happy with that? You know, like there's nothing to like grab onto. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that process is going to be really what's going to help push people forward. It was mm-hmm. it hard for you to to and just inferring from what you said, it sounds like you put heavy expectation on yourself, and that yeah, <laughs> like racing might not always be fun. And and I could speak to my my own self like some there's been multiple times going into races where i'd be like man i bet this is actually really fun (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. i'm about to go do this fun thing but i'm not thinking it's going to be very fun and i was like man i wish i was just here to have fun um so i definitely uh relate to what you're saying on that end 
was that a process to kind of figure that out or, or are you, or are you, cause you've had success with what you've been doing. Yeah. Is it now um, to progress that success further or just to make yourself happy? It's definitely to keep progressing further. But like at the beginning of last year, I had some, like I, I, until I came to that understanding that all of these expectations, like usually if you think people really need you to do well all the time, it's, that's not true. You, they're almost always coming internally and those expectations are coming internally and people just want the best for you for the most part. Mm. Uh, yeah, they don't care how you did in a race. <laughs> they, yeah, really, exactly. they really don't. So figuring that out and then realizing that and be like, this is all internal pressure and just letting that go. That's it's a it's a process, but once you get to that state, it's really, really nice. Um, and it allows you to compete, in my opinion, to compete to your fullest ability. Uh so the beginning of last year I did a lot of that process and I that that after I hit that point, I was like, Oh, this is a lot easier. And then this year I'm still finding my rhythm with that a little bit. Uh, but one of the nice things you can do to help alleviate those internal expectations is really focus on your race plan. If you have your race plan dialed and you know, like everything that's going to happen at every point for you personally, you can't control your other competitors, Mm. but it takes some Mm. of that pressure off because you're just like, Oh, now I just have to follow this plan I've already made. And that's like, I can follow a plan. Right. And, and that's funny you say that because I went into Jacksonville feeling as at ease as I've ever felt. I was like, I know I'm fit. I have this awesome plan. I've gone over it. Like, it should be fine. I, I just fucked up the plan. But yep. it uh, going into the race, I felt way better <laughs> as opposed yeah. to before where it's just like, yeah. ah, like anxious and just weird tense. Yeah. Yeah. And not, yeah. not having fun. Um, and you mentioned it kind of being a, like, you're still kind of, you know, sifting through it. Have you found like, for example, if someone is having, wants to change how they're, they're eating or they want to make meal, meal prep a priority, like there's good people will get into good grooves and then they, something will shift that and like, they'll fall out of it. And then they'll kind of lose progress on, on food food prep and then they'll lose progress on their body composition goals and then they forget that the food prep was kind of the catalyst for everything so have you found that is that similar with trying to keep your goals in mind that you can easily fall out of habits or is this like a constant thing or is it something you can kind of tap into once you've kind of identified it uh it it's a little of both like you can fall out of the habit for sure like it's you haven't used it in a while and then you go in and you're like, Oh, I actually have to do the plan. Mm, you're right. <laughs> I have this great plan. You actually have to do it and remember it during the race. But the nice thing is once you have already been there, it's similar to running. If you've already at, been at a fitness level, it's easier to get back to that fitness level than to mm. make new progress beyond it. So getting back is a lot easier the second time around. So like going into this race this weekend, I was very comfortable. Like I had things dialed in, very happy working through all the stuff I needed to. Obviously there was a change, but I felt more comfortable and confident this weekend than Jacksonville, even though I felt comfortable and confident going in Jack, going into Jacksonville. So it, yeah, it, it's easier to get there once you've already made that ground, but making ground the first time is hard. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to blaze any trails the, the second time through, you just kind of have to get back, get back to it. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the, the, the hardest part about this is the unknown. And we really address that as far as like 
don't consider it to be unknown. Follow it the way you would typically follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious as to like, how would you, like, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> like, what do you- <laughs> so the, I mean, we'll just, I mean, right now we'll just go into spitball land. Yeah, again. let's get there. Yeah. Again, again, personal opinions. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to get worse before it gets better right now um, over the next four to six months. Uh, and we'll see how it progresses. But I mean, I my business is personally being impacted. I've been super stressed. Thankfully, I have an awesome wife who tells me like, it's going to be okay. Right now, you just need to adapt. And that's that's the biggest thing is adapting to your situation and still keeping a positive mindset and moving forward with what you can. So like, maybe like clients aren't coming in, or like you have a low client number, or people aren't be able to get workouts, any number of things, doing what you can and still moving forward is very important. And even feeling and accomplishing the little things uh, is st- you'll still get a sense of accomplishment from it. Um, with that being said, Seattle is probably not going to happen. Mm. Uh, I don't know when they would reschedule it to. I'm going to still keep training like it is mm-hmm. um, and still doing what I can to work on the things I know I need to work on. For me, it's mental mindset and getting to where I need to be as well as just maintaining fitness and progressing fitness. And that's, yeah, we're all going to be affected. And it's going to be, I literally just wrote like a post about this and how I, I don't feel stress that often but i'm fucking stressed yeah like i i can usually stay grounded and stay in the moment but i am just thinking about what's gonna happen and the uncertainty is just crushing me i was at like the grocery store yesterday it was bananas i was like what if they don't refill it in here like what's gonna happen um but it's just like so stuff like that as opposed to just even what's gonna happen with business which is a which is also concerning yeah. but yeah. we we all are being tested essentially right and you kind of mm-hmm. wait for these moments and a lot of times we will go out and do that on the race course you know we, mm-hmm. we push ourselves to to see what we're made of and we have this thing that's a little that's much more controlled than uh, a pandemic but we're kind of also, we're kind of being tested now and, mm-hmm. and trying to summon what we do with our training and put it in terms of our day-to-day life, I think is really valuable. And like you said, like the little wins are huge. Like this morning I was on the treadmill and I was supposed to go for, for 50 minutes and I was like, I'm only going for 45. I'm like, I'm not doing 50, but I hung on there for those five minutes and that's a big win. Good. And it made me feel good. And it made me feel good for the day. Yeah. Um, choose, choose, so going back to what something we touched on earlier, choose the hard, uncomfortable path. That doesn't mean go get COVID nineteen and see how it actually. <laughs> that's, that's not what that means. It means I'm going if, out of my way. I'm yeah. taking this thing head on. Don't go lick handrails in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> no, like it means if you're faced with a difficult choice and you know one route will make you better, and you know the other one is easy and comfortable and isn't going to progress your life forward. Put yourself in that uncomfortable space and choose the hard thing to do to make yourself better. Don't go get COVID-19. Right. <laughs> within, your, within the confines of your own home. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's going to be a lot of uncertainty to come. I agree that it's going to be – I am I'm, I'm pl- I would assume like – before we're just going to need to shut this thing down at some point. I don't know when that's going to be or what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm guessing it's going to get worse still. And it's happening so fast. Like it was, wasn't that bad on like Wednesday. We're recording here on Friday, and now it's like, holy shit. It's, I mean, and it, yeah, do what you can, people. Stay strong, and it's okay to have the – like, it's okay to be stressed. 
understand that you're stressed and try and like, like see what's happening, see why you're stressed, talk through it with other people, talk through it with yourself. Those feelings are okay, but not letting them take control. So recognizing that they're there and then letting them go. That sounds really easy in theory. It's nearly impossible and it Mm. sucks and it's hard, but take it one step at a time, one breath at a time. Um, one day at a time seems like too much at certain times. At Seriously, point. I'm worried about like three or four o'clock this afternoon, East Coast time, something crazy will happen. Yeah. But but you mentioned meditation a couple of times and we're all going to be at home if you haven't tried it or if you want to really kind of see what that's all about, some mindfulness practice, like try it, grab a journal, like you're going to be kind of by yourself or with your family a lot. So just spend time like reflecting on yeah. the things you can. Um, anything else you want to leave with the peoples as far as some other things we may not have covered for how to navigate, how to figure out what's what to do next. Not really. I mean, well, uh, just touching on something you mentioned is we're all in this together. So, I mean, if you have friends who are having a hard time, call them. And if you're having a hard time, call your friends. I mean, I'm stressed. I have people to talk to. Uh, and it definitely helps. Hashing it out with someone else um, can go a long ways. Totally. If you want to play Magic the Gathering, we still have the internet. You can still That's play right. that. <laughs> you can still play it remote. Um, well, sweet man. Yeah, I appreciate this. A lot of awesome takeaways, and, and really help. This will be really helpful for people to to navigate this unique time. There's n- nothing yeah. that like we've ever come across. So, I appreciate you. I hope you have a good time and slow town. Slow and, town. Yeah. Once press stop, we'll, we'll hang on here for a minute. So, all right, everybody, we're signing off.